0: Let let this duly be noted that uh, Luis just said off camera, I was told I was going to be asked some questions. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: This is, oh, my God. (laughs) It's like a bug. That's
0: all you know about this? That's it. it. Do
1: not air this on television.
0: Well, well they tell me this is another installment of the uh, Jody and Todd podcast. It's been on a brief hiatus, and I'm actually in Dallas, Texas, uh, as we speak, preparing for a a Coyote-Stars game. They have back-to-back home-and-home in the middle of this week and Julie Jackson I'm always curious what where are you as we put this thing together
1: well I'm at home right now and uh it's been has this not been one of the busiest times of our lives but in Uh a good way right yeah baseball and then it but of course it collides with hockey a little bit and it's Mm -hmm. been quite a couple of weeks and I think my voice is kind (laughs) of taking the, the toll has been taken a little bit on on it but um yeah, I'm just kind of uh, you know regrouping a little bit with a little bit of time. With you, you're in Dallas, obviously, with the Coyotes, and uh, it's a lot to reflect on. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, you know, Jody, if you don't mind, can I, can we linger on the Diamondbacks for a minute? Because I, I'm still blown away. I think we had we we set our piece collectively and individually at the conclusion of the NLDS uh, and that that night. But I don't think I really had a chance to talk to you about sort of the wave that we all experienced after the wild card victory and into that series and just the moment in and around the stadium. i The one thing that I'll never forget for me <laughs> is how my head felt when I tried to go to sleep before I went to the Coyotes home opener or the opener in Anaheim. I, I l- literally felt like Led Zeppelin had just performed inside my head and I couldn't figure out how, why I felt that way. Then I watched a little clip of our, our post-game show from the Plaza and I realized that there were thousands of people screaming and yelling and chanting and letting it all hang out and you were inside the locker room and champagne was flying and I i, I don't know I, I you're right you long for those moments right it just kind of it sort of carried all of us like it carried I'm sure obviously the team but it felt like it carried the whole city for a while didn't it?
1: It did. And it started earlier in the summer, too, which was what was building toward it. And when you play a game like that wild card game, it's something that I'll never forget. I remember being in the stadium kind of when the guys first came out into the dugout and how pumped up they were. They were already seeing the crowd. The The, the crowd showed up early, which was nice. And everyone was just excited to get this game going. And And then afterward, of course, I mean, just being in that clubhouse when – <laughs> you know, it was the second celebration. And so these, you, you kind of get addicted to that. You think, okay, we want to do this again and again and again. And it was awesome. It was just awesome. And then to be able to see the, you know, and that was the cool thing about it being at home. Obviously the, the DVEX had the better record over the Rockies and everything and having that home field. I mean, seeing the, the, the players out there on the field with their families and some of them with little kids and their parents and, that, and, and then the fans stayed, a lot of them, too, to kind of celebrate with the this, this team was so special, and I know that you know that. And in many ways, it was set from, from Tori Lovello in the very beginning, back in spring training, and they're not afraid to tell each other. They love each other. And when I talked to them after the season ended that next morning, it was hard because, you know, I got used to talking to them and checking in with them every day, and you kind of miss it. You kind of miss Mm-hmm. talking to Archie Bradley every day or David Peralta or, you know, and and you could see that in their faces is that they were going to really miss each other. And you don't always see that in sports. They've already been together eight months.
0: Yeah. I, I want to talk about that because you, you mentioned the day after it's, it's the uh, packing up lockers day. That's what we used to call it back in the day when I first started covering pro sports teams. And I remember when I first got to the Valley <laughs> in the late eighties, and the Suns were the first team that I covered that was starting to gander, gather some success. And I remember I was sent, when I was at KTAR, dispatched to cover cleaning out the lockers day. I had no idea what the heck that was. And I remember walking in, seeing guys <laughs> walking around with large garbage bags, carrying you know, eight pairs of shoes. And it was just the weird finality of it. And then you realize, because you're walking lockstep with them, you're, you're sort of living their life and, and, and chronicling it all along the way. You realize that, the room that you walk out of will never be the same. You're going to cover the team the next year and they'll be trying to climb the next step on the mountain, but it will never be the same. It's like the end of the school year, sort of, when you realize some of your friends are moving on. Anyways, you, you were there, I, and, I, and I know you have a soundbite you brought, and I can't wait to hear it, but what what was that room yeah. like walking in there,
1: Jody? Well, it was tough. There were a lot of hugs in the hallway and guys packing up and... and You know, when you're that exhausted from the season and yet you still long for that next day, and that's kind of what it felt like. They didn't want it to end. They ran up against a juggernaut, and and Chicago's seeing that right now. But it was pretty special to get to just get their feelings and their thoughts after doing what they did and accomplishing what they did and bringing the city together, bringing the state together. d fans everywhere got to enjoy the season. And one of the things that stood out to me, a lot of guys had some great comments, but Archie Bradley kinda of talked to me about um Taiwan and he and Taiwan Walker's relationship and Taiwan said that when he got traded the first guy that reached out to him was Archie
0: Taiwan like you know, right when we clinched the wildcard game everyone's giving hugs and handshakes and, and it was a great moment and like Ty and I were like, Man, it's, it's what we talked about when you first got traded over. Like I remember specifically like him and I send each other long texts, like, Bro, let's get after this off season, like this is a brand new year, like we have a chance to go out and be a part of something special. I mean, him and I had the relationship before because the features game. And, you know, when I got the notification, like on my phone, like, bam, dying back straight for Tyler Walker was like, I really like this move. I think this is going to really help our, our team. And yeah, it was a cool moment because him and I do go way back and now to be playing together and going to the postseason together. And it's something that we talked about before the season started. It was a cool moment.
1: You know, and it was hard to honestly pick just one soundbite. I mean, that was Archie's reflection. But Each guy had a story of how the team and guys on the team helped them through, you know, really certain things in their lives that maybe were difficult this year. Um, Robbie Ray with his injury, Chris Herman with his wife's uh, complications with her pregnancy, and he was tearing up. I mean, these guys were like brothers with each other. They were in there and supporting each other. and. I know some players, and one in particular, you know, and Paul Goldschmidt really is bottom line a lot of times, black and white. And he said the, the night that they lost, you know, he said, you know, I don't, you know, I felt like we always liked each other. I don't know if that's why we played better baseball. But I definitely feel, Todd, and I don't know if you agree, that when guys are invested in each other and care about each other that much, like this team did this year, it does make a difference on the field. I, I definitely felt it. I mean, certainly talent matters most but uh i feel like they had a pretty special bond and you and i've covered sports a really long time and and there are certain teams that really stand out and this 2017 b-backs team really stood out to me like really the closest group i've ever seen
0: i i think so there's no question about it i think it starts i think we've touched on this a thousand times but it starts in spring training it starts with the manager saying i believe in you and i also think then the extension of that is when he says you know, the the mantra to the pitching staff, give me seven innings, 21 outs. And that little teeny little hurdle that to me was more about belief, I think starts the whole process uh, of that engagement in each other. And I think it's, you know, pitching is everything. And once you see those guys start to get to that and they're rallying around each other and challenging each other, and then one win turns into three and, I just think it, was a, I think it was a brilliant way to start for Toy Lovello, and I don't think it was anything that was out of character. I think that's just who he is and what he is. And then I still believe, Jody, that there is also a belief all the way up the, the ladder into the management side, and I think these guys are smart enough to know in 2017 that they've got a good general manager, Mike Hazen, and there is a plan. And I think it's a total buy-in, and that's, that's why it's so encouraging
1: Yeah, it's a trust. I mean, I think that there wasn't necessarily that trust at least the last couple of years. And, you know, players know. I mean, players know who's making the decisions and how they're being made and whether they're being told things or they're being, you know, not, uh, you know, if if guys are being honest or not. And I think these guys were pretty straight shooters and that went a long way. That always does in life. And, you know, it's, there I don't want to say totally unique, Mike Hazen and Tori Lovello, but I think you're going to see more of this in baseball
0: mm-hmm.
1: where, um, you know, really kind of treating the players a little bit different almost. I mean, you have, to, you have to go out and trust these guys. They're going to go out there and do the job. And I think also you mentioned the pitchers. I think the catchers were the same. They felt yeah, very – Absolutely, yep. I think they told those guys, look, you guys are in charge. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, the pitchers have to throw the pitches, but you guys are in charge of this, and we trust you to get it done and help them get it done. And I thought that was tr- a terrific recipe for winning.
0: I uh, I concur. Let me uh, let me switch gears real quick before I have to go off to the to the second part of my day after the morning skate here in Dallas. Obviously, it's been a struggle for the Coyotes early on, and you've been on board uh, <laughs> with me. But I've been just looking around and is not the only team struggling out of the gate. I guess the, the one takeaway that I take, Jody, when I look at at least three of the games, uh, frankly, they should have won in Anaheim. They were up 4-1. to one. I thought they should have found a way to get two points against Las Vegas, or Vegas, I should say, in their home game against them. They gave up a goal with just over a minute to go, and I thought they outplayed Detroit. And that's kind of what I'm holding on to. I think it goes... And that,
1: that's what hurts so much, right?
0: Yes. That's six points, at least. Or, I mean, at, at the most that they should be playing with right now. And and it, and it goes to, I think, what you're going to see here tonight for our purposes uh, on this Tuesday in Dallas is a rookie is going to make his start, first start in the National Hockey League goal, and that's Aiden Hill. And that tells me that, that frankly, Louis Domingue didn't get the job done. The auntie Ranta is still banged up. So they're going to trot out a kid here tonight. And what I hope to see tonight, maybe moving forward until we see Ranta, is this team respond in front of them. They talk about that backup mentality. So... I'm not going to jump off the wagon here. I, I think Rick talking is preaching patience. There's no panic. This is a young team. And I, I think we need to remind ourselves over and over and over again that not only has the, the bay turned over, so to speak, with so many young guys, but you had a new head coach, new assistant coaches, new training staff. I mean, I, I swear to you, I walked around on the plane. I felt like i have been traded. I'm still <laughs> looking. At, I'm, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm still looking at the roster trying to figure out who half these guys are. So There's chemistry. There's a yeah. system to implement. All those things are sort of happening. It's a, it's the not quite perfect storm yet.
1: I think we so, hear it in every sport of how hard it is to win. And you see by, by what you just described is that they've been close, but it's really hard to win the game. And and hopefully that happens tonight. But, you know, when so many different factors are coming into play, whether it's goaltending, like you said, the new system, new players gelling together, um, they have to learn each other. They have to get on the same page and. You can see that it's happening for big stretches of the game, but not mm-hmm. the entire game, and that's, that's the key.
0: Well, before we go, I, I, can I share something with you? Because I, I was actually quite moved this morning when I got to the American Airlines Center. and I looked out at the Zamboni. I like to stare at the Zamboni, by the way, as it goes over the really? ice. I, yeah, I've been doing that since I, like I was 10. So <laughs> I was looking at it, and I, I, you know, it's got the standard advertisements on it, I was just kind of blindly looking at it, and I realized that there was a logo on it. And it was the microphone logo for my friend, our friend, the late, great Dave Strader, the former voice of the Stars and obviously the Coyotes. And um, I realized that the Stars had just dedicated their season in part to Dave Strader. We lost him now, I think, two weeks ago. And it's less than a month now until he'll be inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame with the Elmer Ferguson Award. And I couldn't help but wander over, Jody, into the Stars room after practice to talk to Jamie Benn because he was the guy that orchestrated one of the coolest things I've ever seen in sports, and that was when Dave came back last year to call a Stars game. Mm-hmm. Jamie Ben scored the game-winning goal in overtime, and the players went over and did the ultimate tribute. They raised their sticks, a stick salute from the team, up to the broadcast booth. I know what that meant to Dave.
1: Uh, that was him. an amazing moment.
0: I got chills telling you that. We're going to flash back to that tonight, and again, I think on Thursday, when we play the Stars again. But I talked to, to Jamie about Dave a little bit, and his remarkable journey at the end and the great celebration of his life that he got to experience. Here's Jamie Ben on Dave Strader. He enjoyed life, like you said, but he had an unbelievable victory lap. That's what I'm calling it when we get to the Hall of Fame next month. He got to find out what a lot of people don't ever really get to find out, how much people loved him and cared about him. And I always thought it gave back to him. But it's a great reminder too, isn't it, that life is precious, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that's the perfect way to put it. Is that uh, you
0: know, he touched so many
1: people, and um,
0: you know, he had uh, a lot of friends uh, along the way. And
1: um, you know what a life he had. Uh, and, you know, he definitely took advantage of it. Uh, he's got a great family, uh, you know, a wonderful wife, and. Um, I can't say enough uh, good things about the guy. I'll
0: think about you at the hall when he goes in. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks, you honored him. Thanks a lot, Jamie Ben and Dave Strader and uh, Jody. I, while we were putting this podcast together, I got a phone call from Trevor Strader, Dave's son, and I'm hoping that was confirmation that he'll be giving uh, his father's speech at the Hall of Fame in Toronto, and I can't wait uh, to be there and to introduce Trevor. If that's how that plays out, I think that'd be a wonderful thing. He's a performer. And I know what uh, Trevor's career meant to Dave all along the way, and I think it'll be one of those moments that you never forget. And I know that I, I'm sure you've done this from time to time, but when I was interviewing Jamie Ben, it was really more for me. I wanted it. I wanted to let Jamie Ben know that his his actions towards our friend Dave uh, struck a chord all the way back in the valley and all over hockey. And I just wanted him to know that that's that's an important part of what we do. I think.
1: Yeah, because I mean. That meant so much, and and he didn't necessarily have to do that, but that's the fact that he did that. It meant a lot to not only to Dave, but to everyone who you know loves Dave. And you know, it's it's obviously been tough. I know it's been very hard on you. You guys were really close, and um, when that news came down, and I was in Kansas City, and um, it's. I think the, the thing you really have to look at and you mentioned it is just that he got to know how much everyone loved him, thought he was an amazing broadcaster, an amazing person, a father, a family member, a friend. And that is what was special about And He fought really hard. And uh, it's never easy when you lose someone, but his spirit certainly lives on in everybody that was, you know, for us, coworkers, but friends. And I look forward to seeing what you have planned over
0: the next couple of games Uh, i do too i never saw him in a bad mood i'm still waiting for it he always set the tone jody and that's i think that was the beauty of of dave just a pro's pro never let him never let him see a sweat and he never did so i i will honor him tonight and we'll move forward but i i couldn't help but mention him while we're here and around the dallas stars these these couple of games so i i gotta run
1: have you been to spa in dallas
0: no, I know a guy that helped out a friend of mine, though. By the way, they've redone the hotel here. They took okay. like a, fi- a five star hotel and made it a seven. I just wow. wanted you to know that. Yeah. Anyways, Jody, I, I, I think we need to, to roll out in spirit with the Arizona Diamondbacks. So I defer to you and the song of the day. Do you have one for us?
1: I do. I do. This song kind of reminds me of this year's team. I mean, there's a lot of anthems. If you're Archie Bradley, you'd say it's a vibe, which all his teammates were sick of by the end of it, but they, they sort of loved it too. Or one clap, and we're not going to go with that, but um, <laughs> this was one that uh, our friends over at the Diamondbacks, they had a, a video that they would play during games, and it just kind of, you know, you kind of stand there so many nights, and you're in the dugout, and you hear you hear the song, and then it kind of made me realize that it has a lot of the – you know, the words talk a little bit about what you want uh, from a team and playoff baseball. And you want, it's called something just like this. And yeah, I want to play it as we roll out because we want something just like this again next year where we're in the postseason and you feel that vibe and you feel all those good things and all that, all the cool things that we felt this season. And so with that, this is something just like this. Thanks for listening to the Todd and Jody podcast on Fox Sports Arizona. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter.